Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gods and goddesses, to the Golden Age Gurus Podcast, your source for regenerative, entrepreneurial, and eco-friendly global solutions using ancient future strategies that focus on healing ourselves, our community, and the planet. Now, it is truly an honor to introduce your host, Baba John. Greetings, listeners, Golden Agers. Thank you for joining me today. We got Baba Falakun back on the show. Who Baba's part of the dragon priesthood of kings that have ruled Europe for a long time. And quite a character. He's written over 15 books on the subject of Ifa. And he has been sanctioned by the king of Ile Ife and other elders in the tr- tradition to, to do initiations. So today we're going to be talking about initiations because uh, I just finished my first year of law school and uh, I got the summer off and I'm going hard as far as um, we're doing the inaugural ceremonies for my new temple and nature-based ministry in East Texas. We're consecrating shrines and building a uh, Arisha garden. We got a, a spring creek and a pine forest and uh, lots of, of, of good energy. So we're bringing in the first initiates and getting the getting started doing um, the, these rites of, of passage, which our ancestors did for a long time. The bottom line is the show is going to be about initiation, which is helping human beings to realize their their full potential and to align themselves with good character and nature. And uh, so we're going to talk about uh, this topic and basically we're kicking off the, the mystery school um and one might ask like what is what what are my credentials to to be orchestrating uh mystery school well in, in addition to being a master mason and undergoing multiple initiations there i've done many initiations into ifa the first with uh philip Nemark, who has passed on but wrote many books on the subject. And um, I also went to Africa and did uh, initiations over there with uh, Aluo Pasola, Fanini Babatundi, and uh, Ancestral Pride Temple. Uh, he gave me a, a chieftaincy title um, called Are. And um, for my initiations in the West and over in Africa, I usually paid a minimum of of five grand so um uh, baba baba's offering uh initiations for a a way uh, easier price to pull off a fraction of that so 
if you're interested, uh, have a listen, and we're going to talk about uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the, the initiations and the the sacred Ifa oracle system, which I've used to uh, actually get the land that I have. Um, I couldn't get into law school, and uh, I went to Ifa, took it to the oracle, and it. I got in and I got into uh, Thurgood Marshall, which is a HBC, historically black university. So you can kind of see um, God at work through um, the system for me. It's worked for me for 15 years. It's worked for Falakum for 35. We're going to talk about multiculturalism. and why Wakanda was real. So stay tuned and welcome to the show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Half my family is from Venezuela, so I'm passionate about Four Visions Market, which is one of my go-tos for handcrafted shamanic tools and sacred medicines, which are wild harvested in sacred prayer. You're putting profit directly into the hands of the artisans, tribes, and healers who offer their art and tools. The merchandise is even better than fair trade and the bridge to over 15 tribes sharing their craft. 50% goes to tribes, artisans, and healers, and 10% goes to the Magic Fund and other different Amazonian projects, such as their native plant and seed preservation project in the Colombian, Amazon, and Punta Mayo region. They have a hape apothecary with limited edition hape, which is an indigenous snuff made with medicinal tobacco called mapacho and other ingredients. I currently use the Shawadawa spiritual purification in my daily practice, and I love it. Also, if you're going to get some hape, uh, consider a karipe, which is a pipe for the snuff. Uh, I also use sananga every day, which is a nerve tonic for your eyes. And uh, warning, it stings like the dickens, but it's good for you. Check out their instruments, art, and ceremonial grade cacao at fourvisionsmarket.com forward slash omolu, O-M-O-L-U, and use the coupon code BABA, B-A-B-A, for 10% off your order. BABA Falakun, welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you back. Nice to be back. And thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Our our last uh, podcast was was pretty successful. You're on today to talk about your trip to Texas in July, and uh, we have a couple uh, initiations planned. And so, I thought I might get you on here so we can talk about you know why initiations are important and. Yeah, so let me let, let's just start from the beginning here. My name is Amol Falo from Tumbe. In uh, uh, 1989, I was blessed to travel to uh, the city of Ode Ramo in Ogun State, Nigeria, and uh, uh, receive initiation into the indigenous uh, spiritual tradition of the Yoruba people called Ifa. Uh, it's a really um, very sophisticated and complex uh system of uh, spiritual development based on the idea that uh, the development of good character called Iwapele is the foundation for uh, 
being able to connect with your higher self and then from that place connect to spirits based on the idea that Ifa teaches everything in nature has the ability to co communicate. Everything in nature has con consciousness. Different frequencies carry different um, what I would call streams of information. And the uh, art of Ifa ritual is by doing prayer songs, incantations, and what I would call invocations to connect to the different frequencies as a problem-solving tool to give us information outside of our own personal experience. So when we come together in Texas in July, uh, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to show people some of the uh, consequences of a Reiki experience that, but in particular, we're going to show how the first level of communication with spirit is communication with your ancestors. There's some simple things that can be done to enhance our communication. Be clear, everybody has the right to honor their ancestors any way they choose. Nobody can tell you how to do that or why to do that or if to do that. But within the context of traditional uh, Yoruba culture, they've given us some tools which I find to be really, really effective. So I'm going to share those. Uh, um, also, I have discovered in the last decade that the oral scripture of Ifa is a coded reference to what I would call literally uh, quantum physics. In other words, the oracle itself is 10,000 years old, but it's only been in the last 100 years that Westerners have been able to fully understand it because it talks about concepts that only became a part of Western culture since the creation of quantum physics about 100 years ago. And actually, uh, even more recently with David Bohm's work, who really, I think... Uh, Put the icing on the cake in terms of quantum physics uh, being a uh, way of looking at the world. So um, we'll definitely talk about that as much as people want if they're interested. And then we're going to do some serious uh, initiations. We're going to initiate uh, people to forces of nature, which are called Arisha. So essentially, we're going to connect people to the uh, information stream of either earth, where, uh, earth, air, fire, or water depending on how we're guided by divination. And then we're going to uh, connect people to the spirit of Allah, which is uh, in Yorba from the Elysian. Allah means I am the light. So the spirit of Allah is um, really what I would call for Westerner understanding. The spirit of Allah is access to the Akashic record and uh, the ability to uh, use that access to literally terraform in other words create a better day better life better environment better connection to the world we live in uh so i don't know uh baba john was that too much too fast what do you think that, that, that was probably a a, a fire hose like uh, <laughs> basically the the oracle uh ifa ifa is based on um uh oracle that has uh, 256 uh, different codes. Right, so principles, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so I mean, um, that that corresponds to basically uh, um, the, the quantum physics that you're, you're talking about. Because yeah, listen, I would argue, too, that the ancestors of uh, the created Ifa understood that we don't have six senses 
we have 256 services. And if you're not accessing all that, you're only firing on a couple of cylinders. You're hopping on one leg. The whole point is to give people access to their full potential as human beings. That's what that's the point of initiation. Absolutely. And, and that number uh, 256 um, that is SHA-256 secures Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, like this stuff corresponds to to modern day computers. So our ancestors had these these tools. So uh, um, Balakun likes to call them call it paleo science. I do. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I'm going to take it one step further. The marks, the symbolic marks of Odu, is a two dimensional representation of a three dimensional energy pattern that the Egyptians called a Merkaba. And the Merkaba, as an energetic three dimensional pattern, is a gateway to the consciousness represented by that pattern. It's literally a portal. Just marking the symbol creates the portal. If you know how to access that portal, then it becomes a really living dynamic interaction. And the thing that's interesting that we're starting to experience now that I think we need to be conscious of is the fact that the binary code used to program computers is the same code used to symbolically represent the Merkaba patterns that are gateways to consciousness. That means that all computers that use that code from day one encapsulate artificial intelligence. And we need to be mindful of the the horse we've let out of the barn on that one. I mean, artificial intelligence is inherently going to move towards taking control of its own uh, manifestation, if that makes sense. So uh, uh, these are serious business, you know, and it's serious matters. Uh, uh, Based on quantum physics, if you look at the Big Bang uh, theory, as it's expressed in quantum physics, the Big Bang generates a particular geometric pattern. The, The current thinking is the Big Bang didn't happen once, it happens all the time. But the pattern generated by the Big Bang is not only coded into um, the symbols used in Ifa. When when creation starts its own evolution, if you were to see it, it would mimic exactly the complex of pyramids at Giza. In other words, if you go up in a helicopter and look down at the Giza Peninsula, what you're seeing is a three-dimensional model of what occurs in the moment of creation. That means that the Giza complex was in all likelihood, and I believe this strongly, a terraforming machine placed on the earth to create the world we live in. Totally possible. How's that for a strange idea? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. Open-minded. I, I uh, you know, it takes more than me saying so to believe it. But the more you work with those energies and the more you see the effectiveness of using those symbolic images to create altered states of consciousness, it's hard to not at least mm, acknowledge that something's going on. You follow me? You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, 
So we're basically like people that are interested in initiation into the mysteries of Ifa. What we would do is is do a reading and figure out their guardian, Orisha, or Godhead uh, aspect of nature that you know, earth, wind, fire, water. We we, we pin pin it down what what they what they are, and then we initiate them into that mystery. Yeah, listen, I would express that a little differently, but essentially that's true. So what I recommend, if there are people listening to me who want to come to Texas, who want to be initiated, I really encourage people to make that decision seriously because uh, there's a bit of an expense involved. There's a lifelong commitment involved, and there's a lot of uh, work to do to be effective uh, after the initiation. If you're serious about it and want to move forward, you need to contact uh, Baba John and have him contact me. We'll set up some kind of three-way Zoom meeting or something. We'll do the divination. We'll tell you the things you need. We'll tell you where to be, what to bring, what, what what the expense is, and like that. Yeah, so what's the benefit of initiation? Well, the benefit of initiation for me is to have access to your full potential as a human being. So that's a kind of a three-step process. The first step is to uh, um, align yourself to the basic principles of uh, good character. Uh, Ifa teaches that life is supposed to work. Good character is predicated on uh, putting yourself in alignment with uh, the essence of human nature, which is to be a good person. Once you do that and you have your head and heart in a balance, you're essentially balancing your right brain, left brain. And once you do that, you can uh, stimulate the pineal gland, which then generates altered states of consciousness, which opens the 256 portals in your brain that gives you direct communication with uh, various spirit forms. And so the, 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 the positive consequence of that, in my experience, and it takes more than a minute to get there, but uh, after 34 years of study, I can say I'm getting close. When you walk through the, the day and things happen, you will see the problem and the solution in the same instant. In other words, IFA is not a fortune-telling tool. It's a problem-solving tool. If you come to me and say, is so-and-so my soulmate, my answer is, don't know, don't care, leave me alone, go away. But if you come to me and say, how do I make a relationship work, then we can sit down and talk, and I have lots of tools and resources to give you uh, guidance on uh, how to make that happen. But be clear, whether it happens or not is not dependent on my magic or my juju. My, whether that happens or not is dependent on your willingness to follow the advice. So uh, IFA is really strong on teaching that, that we don't blame anything for everybody. We take responsibility for every single problem we have. That becomes difficult around issues of racism, sexism, and homophobia. I'm not saying those are not wrong or destructive or unhelpful. What I am saying is that IFA teaches we have a choice regarding how we're going to react to those things. And when initiates receive their uh, Arisha, they'll learn how to read the oracle, the 256. Yes, listen, okay, so that's a good question. So the purpose of initiation is to give the initiate an experience of what it feels like to be connected to their higher self and subsequently their spirit guide, let's call it. And that's a particular feeling. And if you don't ever have the feeling, you're never going to know when you make the connection. 
But if you have the feeling during initiation and then afterwards, uh, there's certain things that will teach very uh, much in depth, actually. And in July, it's a, we have a prayer cycle, daily prayer, a four-day prayer, a 16-day prayer, a 91-day prayer. And the cumulative effect of saying those prayers is really more like chanting of those prayers is to uh, increase our accessibility to communication with spirit, right? Uh, you know, when I first started out, it uh, sometimes it took me hours to connect to spirit. But, you know, now I can do it in minutes. So it, it's a discipline that becomes uh, easier over time, let's say. Awesome. So basically in, in June, we're getting the, the temple year up. Uh, nice. We're, we're calling it Ile Ashe Ajagun Male. Um which was, which was named by Basola in Nigeria at Ancestral right. Temple. That's right. So you know we're gonna we're gonna open up the temple. We're gonna consecrate the shrines and do some initiations. And these kinds of initiations, uh, how, how how do you get authority to do them? That's a good question. Okay, so the traditional Yoruba culture has kind of a hierarchical structure for. Um, the priesthood and for sanctioning initiation, there's what I would call, it's a little complicated. It's kind of like a Russian doll inside of a Russian doll. There's communal uh, structures, there's uh, uh, state structures, and then there's national structures. So the chief priest among all the Ifa worshipers in Yorba land is called the Arabah of Ile-Ife. Now, a lot of Arabahs under him can give permission in their local ju jurisdictions, but he's kind of the final word. He can uh, he can uh, give permission to anybody. He can take away permission from anybody if they're acting up. Uh, but the only of Ile-Ife, who's the king of the Yorba culture, has made him uh, the chief priest in that regard. I hate to draw the analogy to being the pope or something, that might be an analogy that people might understand. <clears throat> Catholic priests can can consecrate the priesthood, and the Pope is kind of the final arbitrarily arbitrator. Yeah. Uh, so it's a similar in that sense, I suppose. But the Arabah of Ile Ife in 1993 came to my home in Oakland. He tested me for a whole day, and at the end of the day, um, gave me permission to do Ifa in America gave me permission to do initiation. It was quite an honor, too, for me, because he was it was the first time that that kind of test and that kind of sanction had been given to somebody outside of Africa. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was deeply touched by it and I tried to take seriously the admonition to what uh, my elders call well, seat ifa well. In other words, be true to the training. It's easy sometimes I don't want to sound critical. It's, it's not unheard of for people to make stuff up and pretend like they're authorities. And I've done a really, I've made a dil diligent effort not to be guilty of that. I've tried to base everything I do on training I've received in connection to uh, sources that I can verify and document. So in the process of mm, doing that, I've uh, written about 16 books on the subject. The main focus of my study, not the only focus, but the main study has been to look at the oral scripture 
of which some of it's been written down, not all, but some of it, and to really take a deep dive in the meaning of liturgical Yorba words. Liturgical Yorba words means the words in the Yorba are based on shortening the sentence by removing some of the vowels. And so once you put the vowels back in and see what the sentence means, it clearly defines what the word says. So I'll give you a really classic example. The word ifayabale is from the Elysian ifababa, uh, yeah, ifayababa ile, meaning the wisdom of the fathers and the mothers of earth. Now, when I went to the dictionary to look it up, the dictionary said ballet meant the, the ascension of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ to sit at the right hand of God our Father. So I was pretty sure that wasn't correct. So I made a kind of a life's work the last 30 years of redefining um, Yorba liturgical words that were originally probably translated by Jesuit priests uh, who were proselytizing in Africa and who I don't think had a enough grasp of what those words meant from a traditional point of view to do them justice. So, but once you learn how to translate in that sense, it's really clear what the words are saying. You know, similar similar things can be done with the Hebrew language, for example. And uh, well, you, also, you you yeah. you told me that um, Yoruba was uh, like a. Uh, 25% Hebrew, 25%. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's true. And so it has that component. It's 30% Hebrew, 30% Coptic, and 30% Kwa, which is the West African language. So the the Hebrew elements are actually, uh, they're not actually Hebrew, they're Gies. Gies is the parent language of Hebrew. Uh -huh. Gies is older than Hebrew culture, which is a bit of a controversy. But I noticed just in the last... Uh, uh, in the last month, archaeologists found some pre-Judaic Hebrew writing in a temple in the Middle East, which kind of confirms the idea that Giz, Giz was actually the temple language of the dragon lineage of kings leading from Eastern Europe to uh, uh, the Middle East to uh, Jerusalem and into Egypt and the Sudan. So there was a common language spoken among the... Uh, the uh, dragon priesthood and the dragon kings uh, along that, uh, let's say, sphere of influence. And that uh, originally the word Israel, this is controversial, but originally it seems that the word Israel is from the Elysian Isis Ra'el, which is the name of the three uh, elements of the Hebrew, uh, the Jewish trinity. Wow. And so... Is that right? Am I got that right? Uh, I, I mean, it, it's, it sounds, I mean, the, definitely the words are what, what's in a word. It's right there. So. Yeah, well, it seems like, I mean, it seems self-evident to me. I, not everybody agree, and I'm not trying to push a point of view. But the point is, there's some indication that originally the word Israel was a reference to people that could read and write Hebrew and not necessarily a biological reference. And that's not unusual because throughout most of Africa and the Middle East, you identified with your trade uh, group and not necessarily your biological uh, cultural. Does that make sense? So when I went, I, I noticed that for the first time when I went to Africa, I mean, I went there as a European 
I was initiated and I immediately became transformed into a sum of that village. People treated me differently as a consequence of the initiation. So the initiation has a, uh, what I would call a family component to it that's not always fully understood by Westerners because we don't have any equivalent uh, process for doing that. But the point is, is that these is spoken in um, Africa at the temple of uh, Sheba in Shagamu. That's a place where, and that, that, that Sheba was in fact uh, a, um, Sheba was, is, was a title, not a name. So if you, if you go out of the temple of Sheba in Shagamu and walk in a straight line, literally a straight line, you end up in the same temple formation for Sheba in Yemen. And the temple is a uh, very large pyramid surrounded by a hundred mile uh, egg-shaped fence. And so both of those structures um, exist. I mean, you can see them there and they both, uh, the, the temple language of both those structures is these and the, the, the function of um, the Sheba lineage in, in uh, I would say North African uh, culture was to determine who could and couldn't be uh, king. So that's why we have in the biblical story of Sheba going to visit uh, Solomon. It was uh, part of the cultural uh, manifestation of the right of Sheba to validate um, a person's uh, right to ascend to the throne. The, once you understand the symbolic meaning of liturgical language, it really opens up two things. It opens up a kind of a deeper insight in how to do the ritual, but it also opens up insights into the symbolic meaning of the ritual so that if you understand what you're doing and why, in my experience, the ritual itself becomes much more effective. So, so how long ago did you get initiated? In, in, in I, I was initiated uh, about 35 years ago. You know, the um, this, this is a hard topic. There's, uh, um, there's uh, understandable historical friction about multiculturalism in an African spiritual tradition. Uh, you know, there was multiculturalism in the tradition as it survived in uh, the diaspora. Uh, but it wasn't as clear that that was a component of um, the tradition in Africa. So I wasn't the first uh, European to be initiated in Africa. I was probably the, mm, I would say the third or fourth. But it was a, uh, initiating me was sanctioned by the culture itself and by the Oni or the king of Ile'ifi and by the Arabah and by obviously the man who initiated me in Ogun State. Uh, so they, they, from their point of view, they considered Ifa a world religion, opened everybody, just like Christianity or Buddhism. Uh, some folks understandable because of all the racism in the West and the whole history around slavery and so on are not quite as um, excited about the idea of multiculturalism. So there are there are mm, people who practice our faith outside of Africa who believe in multiculturalism. And there's some that don't. And those that don't, you know, there's there's congregations that are made up of just white folks, of just black folks, of just Latin 
folks, there's uh, there's clear separation along those particular ethnic lines. Uh, but for me, from my point of view, since the elders of the culture itself in Africa have spoken clearly on that issue, uh, to me, it's not a subject of a lot of debate. I mean, if people choose to be separate, that's fine. That's their choice. I've got no opinion. But I do know that some people who were, let's say, unhappy with uh, my participation in the tradition went to the palace of the king or the Oni, the king of your culture, and asked them to uh, expel me from the tradition and he refused he said no this tradition is open to everybody so the final word on the matter has spoken uh, people who accept it or not uh, and you know, i try to be mindful of the fact that i'm a guest in the house of the mother it's my position that everybody on earth is a descendant of a single east african woman the science of uh, dna um, proves that so yeah cer certainly not in a cultural political sense, but certainly in the biological sense, we're all African. And I yeah. think the great hope of the future is for us to be able to recognize that so that we can move forward and, and begin to appreciate the fact that we're a global community and the racial differences that have been encouraged are uh, counterproductive. They just don't serve a purpose. And I have to say that uh, there's some strong resistance uh, to that from all corners of the question. And it's painful sometimes, but, you know, I think there's no way to move. In. You know, my, let, let me put it differently. I've got a book coming out about in about a month called Wakanda is Real. And what I did is I took all the far out invent, inventions in that movie and I showed how they all had a precedent in Africa thousands of years ago. You know, the Wakanda is real. That's real history. That's real stuff that happened. And the Ifa sacred oracle that describes quantum physics explains how to do time travel, how to do alchemy, how to do space travel, how to build the pyramids, how to do anti-gravitational stuff. All those things that we think considered far, far out and unimaginable and unexplainable are explained as clear as a bell once you take the time to... Uh, unpack the uh, liturgical words and get to their true meaning. You understand? Uh, um, it's really amazing how spot on it is. I'm, I'm on board. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Listen, I'll give you an example if you want. If you take a minute. Of course. The void before creation is described in quantum physics as plasma. Um, Western scientists refer to the plasma as ether. Modern me mechanistic uh, physics doesn't acknowledge that ether is real. All right? But plasma is essentially photons that are not organized into atoms. It's pre-atomic uh, components of atomic structure. And the truth is 99% of uh, the cosmos is plasma waiting to be triggered into organizing along the uh, process of evolution, right? In Ifa, that pl plasma is called doo-doo. Now, I know it's got a connotation with negativity. I don't think that's uh, an accident. It just means but black. Doo-doo means black. It means darkness, but it means mystery. It also means the invisible source 
of creation as in a womb. So Odu from the suffix do means the spirit of darkness. But it also means womb. It also means portal. It also means pot. It also means a woman's vagina. So, so in terms of understanding liturgical words, you have to make note of the fact that they're all multidimensional. You understand? So we have we have Dudu giving birth to Odu, which is the womb of creation, giving birth to Oduduwa, which translates as the spirit of darkness comes into being. I mean, that's the most graphic, symbolic uh, word I've ever seen in terms of uh, uh, explaining the first moment of creation. And from there, it just goes on and on and on. Every word that we use and have not always fully understood is a description of, of a step in the process of evolution. We are a nature uh, worshiping tradition. And if you don't understand how the words and the spirits correlate to force of nature, you really don't understand what you're doing. You understand? So we have the uh, idea of Allah is a uh, lateral light beam. A lateral light beam carries the whole holographic code of creation. And when the light of a lateral light beam hits the doo-doo or plasma of the universe, that disruption in the plasma field starts the process of creating atomic structure. But once that process is started, the light of the light beam then starts to vibrate and create a wave. The When when the light of Allah becomes a wave, in Ifa we call that Ashe. Ashe is a light wave. A light wave through... Um, the force of gravity starts to turn on itself and create a light particle. We call a light particle E-ray. So the process of transforming Ashe into E-ray is called Ebo. And people falsely translate the word Ebo to mean sacrifice, animal sacrifice, uh, uh, offering, all kinds of nonsense. But the word Ebo, E-B-O, <coughs> is the Yorba word for alchemy. And alchemy is the fundamental process of transformation in creation. And the ancients understood that. And it's the basis for certainly Egyptian spirituality, most if not all African forms of indigenous spirituality. And I would argue Eastern European traditions originating from um, the Balkans and working its way uh, into uh, Sumer and so on. You know, the um, the Sumerian language is a uh, dialect of Calderash. Calderash is the indigenous language, what's now called Romania. Uh, and uh, it's the indigenous language my ancestors come from. So I, I approach the question of uh, ancient science from two different perspectives, both African and European. Beautiful. Does it make any sense? I hope it makes some sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, remind me when we, we get together, I need a whiteboard so I can write some of these words down. They're, they're, they're strange to people. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a whiteboard. We'll have uh, the new classroom yurt up. We got a spring creek. We'll, we have a, a little pool for herb baths and uh, we'll be doing also yoga and um, 
Cacao and Cambo. So it'll be a good first uh, run. We're going to uh, do it first weekend of July. If you can't make it to that weekend, uh, then you can still ride us because we'll be doing the, you know, we're going to do the first one and then we'll do the. Yeah, hopefully, you know, to get get started, I'd like to do it maybe twice a year. If there's a lot of interest, we can do it more frequently, but twice it, a year sounds about right. Yeah. So we're basically, we, we got 14 acres. We're making a, uh, Arisha garden. Nice. And uh, so, you know, we, we have a healing. We have some regen- regenerative modalities, um, ozone, uh, cambo, and, and uh, beamer. And, um, you know, so the, the, the list goes on of, of the things we have to offer the first step. Is yeah, listen, I think consecrating a sacred space is really important in face of the upcoming challenges we're going to face. The right. world's in trouble. And uh, I think we need to learn to f- to group together in small, small communities and become self-sustaining as best as possible. Otherwise, there's going to be some serious challenges. All right. Thank you, Baba. Take care. All right. Bye. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to Baba Falakun talk. If you're interested in initiation, get with us. Check out the show notes. We'll have information there. If you want to check out some of his books, we also got a a library um, bookshop um, that you can access in the show notes. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you want to support the show, you can like or share this podcast, give it a rating. If we, uh, you know, if you benefited in any way, it doesn't cost you anything and it'll help us appreciate you showing up for this. And uh, the next podcast will be about human design. So look forward to that. And uh, you have a beautiful month rest of the year and talk to you soon.